1: Hey, good to be with you, everybody. Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from News Radio Seven Eighty and One Hundred Five Point Nine FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer. Tom, good evening. Jim Miller away, out of the country, I hear. So and hopefully enjoying some good vacation
2: time. So he says. So he says. (laughs) we really don't have a GPS on him, so he could be in Michigan just enjoying a little downtime. No, Jim, he wouldn't. He wouldn't miss the show for anything.
1: But it uh, is uh, good to be with everybody, and we're going to have a couple of nice guests tonight. Kareth White Jr., the rookie running back out of. Loxahatchee, Florida, and Florida Atlantic University. He'll be joining us at around 6.08. And then the one and only Anthony Spice Adams coming up time at 6.30. A good chuckle to be had for <laughs> sure. But I want to get somewhat serious about football with A as well because I think that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit in his entertainment side of his career.
2: I, I agree 100%. I was talking to him. Uh, I was talking about it a little bit ago that – Uh, Spice, Anthony's become more famous after football, but I I think it is lost in the shuffle that he was such a good football player. And regardless of the system that he grew up in in the NFL or in college, I do think his game could translate to today's type of defensive football because, like we said, you have those numbers of 34, 43, but you know, Jeff, as long as you've been around the NFL now, that's really not the case because you're really playing a defensive front that is um, match-up-able against the personnel that they have on offense, depending upon down, down and distance. So I, I do think, I'd like to hear Anthony talk about how his game would translate into today. in where would he play and what position would he play most?
1: <laughs> I have a good feeling I know the answer to that, but more, more than anything, it is... All about matchups on on both sides of the ball, for that matter. So, big time. We're just
2: you know real quick. You know now let's let's transfer it to the modern day and Eddie Goldman. You know yeah. Eddie Goldman had to expand his game from what you know he was featured as initially, which was a big you know heavy duty nose guard because they make him play up and down the line of scrimmage. And, you know, um, so I, I think Spice would have been able to do the same.
1: Uh, one month away, really, from the first practice of training camp, July 27th in Bourbon A for the 18th consecutive season. Uh, I was with Kyle Long today, Tom, uh, for a bit and had a good conversation. And, and his anticipation, the team's anticipation, which we've been alluding to weekly on this show, is really at an all-time high. And for him, just the fact that he's healthy and he feels good, And he's been through the ringer, that part of football, which you all have as you played the game, you've overcome stuff. And he overcame some significant injuries, but he also had to endure some losing seasons. So he got to experience and taste what winning felt like in a very unique way last year. And so everybody's very jacked about it.
2: Well, I'm glad we have positive anticipation for Kyle Long because, you know, he's the type of guy that could be as dominant as any offensive lineman in the NFL today. And with a solid positive offseason behind him where he's not rehabbing, he's getting stronger, he's you know, he's able to sharpen his craft. He's able to go out there and practice every day with Harry and the rest of the offensive linemen out there. So it's really exciting for the Bears fans because, you know, last year you kind of had to think, oh, what are you going to get out of Kyle? How healthy is is he going to be? And so if he can have a season and put together a 16-game stretch and then you think about Cody Whitehair going to left guard You know, you talk about the interior of an offensive line that could be as good as any in the NFL, and when you talked about last year before they got to play the Rams, there was more talked about the interior of the Rams' defensive line than there was about the interior of the Bears' offensive line, and the Bears' interior of the offensive line had a better against those guys than a lot of teams did throughout the the whole year.
1: And those two two combatants are going to remember it when we go to L.A. to take on the Rams' Uh, This coming season, that's going to be a big showdown game. We're going to hear from Harry Heastan. We're going to hear from James Daniels in today's program, to Townsend, Mark DeLeon, the inside linebackers coach. Got a bunch of topics to address all coming up here on the show. Thanks to our producers, Herb Lawrence and Sean Anderson tonight, and Shane Reardon, as always, for getting us all connected. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy tonight. And, again, a good lineup of guests uh, here as we battle through the – I'm never gonna say it again. I'm not gonna say any word like Don't. vacation, time off, none of that, because there's still guys up here working. Uh, the parking lot was was uh, full of players, and you know there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on for everybody, but uh, some guys are. I'm taking a break and getting some time away as well, but a lot of good football of camps
2: going on too. You know, you're Tariq Cohen and you have um, Mitch Mitchell Trubisky having his camps and, you know, bringing a little bit of that positive energy from the pros down to the kids that are look up to them and are going to venture off the sports, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is, I think it's nice for these guys to get out there.
1: That's top there. I'm Jeff Joniak, and that's our traveling music to a break. Come on. Welcome back to Bears on Access, everybody, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, away for this week's show, but good to have you with us. Uh, Later on, we'll take some phone calls, 312-644-6767, as we have a couple of guests for you here in the next uh, few minutes, and we'll break things down with the rookie running back, Kareth White and Spice Adams, We'll join us at around 6:30 tonight Tom you mentioned offensive line play and, and James Daniels in particular. Uh, this isn't something that you know is a shock that he's moving to center at all. He played that way at a high level at Iowa but during the OTAs during the uh, minicamp uh, we had an opportunity to visit with him and a lot of conversation about making that move from guard. The center and he, he trusts his coaches
3: so if the coaches think it's the best best way to help the bears win, i know that that's they wouldn't do that just because so i just know that the that the coaches believe at me playing center and cody playing guard so I'm just ready to just do it. Nothing's really changed. Nothing. I'd say everything's about the same. Only difference is on the field is like I can make the calls, and like even even like if I do like make have a bad call, Cody can Cody always like oh James it's this, or he'll just say like I'll say the call would be wrong, and Cody will correct me. So, I mean it's 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 about the same.
1: Good to have that backup though with a guy who played the last few years at a high level. Yeah, you know what,
2: too, is life is important to James. He goes back to college this offseason, graduates, wears his Bears jersey, actually underneath his robe as he's walking out with the rest of the graduates out there. And then football, we saw last year how important it was to him because he had to get prepared quickly. And so... Yeah, you're playing left guard because they don't want to put too much on your plate initially. But then he's also working with Cody, who's not going through struggles, but he's going through a change in in the way he snaps the football to Mitch. And so now you put James in there back at center, and he goes to a more conventional style of the shotgun snap to Mitchell Trubisky, and I think that's going to help Mitchell Trubisky. So rather than focusing on the flight of the football and where it came back in a knuckleball style, James is going to bring it back to the quarterback more in a spiral style. So that's going to allow Mitch to keep his eyes in the area of the field that is going to help him most but it's also going to allow Cody to play stronger. And James, if you go back and you look at what he was able to do during his college years at center, he's really good. He's a multi-talented football player, and he's got the body style for both. And so I do think this is the best move for the Bears, for the best move for James. But I think the Bears and Harry Heastan, the offensive line coach, was really smart in the way he went about making this transition for James to come in as a second-year starter and to have not too much on his plate to absorb the responsibilities that you have at center.
1: What did you see of him during last offseason at the pivot along with some training camp snaps? You know, he
2: understands uh, the position really well. He understands how to earn leverage immediately upon the snap of the ball, whether the Mitch is underneath center or in a shotgun position. And he's got the length in his arms to be able to keep that separation between defensive linemen. But he also has the ability to scan the defensive line and how when they're going to move in stunts or he's got to go up to the second level, he's got that athleticism. But you talk, he said, oh, yeah, if I ever make uh, the wrong call, coach." And Kyle, or the rest of the offensive guards, will be there to make the correction. He's not going to make mistakes because when we've watched this offensive line develop, everybody has an opportunity to understand the system equally as well. Charles Leno is really intelligent at the offensive tackle position, like Bobby Massey, and that information can transfer into the middle. So it's not like I said, when they had to get to the actual game action, James was ready to play guard. I think he could have played center also. However, again, don't force-feed him too much information and allow him to play with speed and confidence, and I think he'll have the same this year at center. You
1: know, over the years when we analyze matchups and we see a rookie center on, on the schedule, whether it be week one or week 16, uh, against a very good defense, you always had some trepidation about that when you analyze the other teams, and maybe it was player-specific based on their abilities or whatnot. Uh, but even young players can, can have some difficulty against Really good defenses. What are the trappings of that position against a really good defense? If you're a rookie, you play know, in that position. He's not a rookie anymore, but he's going to be a first-year starter at center.
2: You know, Jeff, let's go back in our memory bank of bro- games we broadcasted with the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. I was going to bring that right. up. That
1: was the one. <laughs> and they had
2: young offensive linemen there, and they kind of brought up that mug-style defense to create confusion from the time they broke the huddle into the snap of the ball. Fortunately, they had great linebackers up there and Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs that had a great understanding of each other and what their responsibilities were after the ball, after the snap of the ball. But now you Questions you put question marks into the heads of the young offensive linemen. Now, if they're just really seriously like a quarter steps, a quarter second slower than you have these experienced offensive linemen, quarter second slower is getting you out of position at the snap of the ball. Whether the linebackers came or they didn't, it just put them you know behind you know that slower retreat of Peyton Manning and it allowed the Bears to take advantage of the offensive line and you know all throughout the course of history I think all defenses look at how much experience anybody has at the position and unfortunately when you get that rookie center and then if you play him at home inside the Bears stadium when the crowd has been incredibly loud as of late that it's really distracting to those young guys because they're trying to think of their responsibilities when they're breaking the huddle. They're trying to make sure they remember the snap count, and then they have to make the directional calls, sometimes whether it's run or pass, and there's a lot of responsibilities on the shoulders of young guys who are still thinking the offense rather than playing the offense. Well,
1: continuity is king, and, and Harry Heaston will tell you that, the offensive line coach.
4: It's critical. I mean, it, it's you, you deal with the hand that you're dealt. So which, whichever way it goes, you make the best of it. Uh, having guys that have played together is critical to the success of the group. And the best lines are always the ones that have the most continuity and have the most consistency. And day in and day out are working together. And it's just you can't argue that. And sometimes you don't have the luxury of having that happen. So you make the best of it. But it's absolutely the best thing, and the best lines in in the history of, of our game are, are the ones that you know stay healthy and play together and play in and play out, and they know that this is happening. We know how to handle it, and there's no hesitation. You know they can do it right now, and and the less they have to communicate like verbally and change, it, they just kind of kind of look, say somebody's name. You know, hey, you know, go, you know, a little work and boom, they're going. It's there. Yeah, they, they they're they're in the they're in the vicinity, play after play. They're not like relearning something or starting over and this is they all know exactly where their hands should be. They all know exactly where their eyes should be. And then that's what they work on daily because they're not always where they're supposed to be, but they know, oh, I got to get back inside. I got to get hands here. I got to do that.
1: Well, you know what you guys, as a starting unit back in your day, excelled at? You had the fortunate uh, ability to be able to stay healthy as a group for the most part and play together for several years. You know what, Jeff,
2: though, <clears throat> when you listen to Harry talk about what it takes to be an offensive line, I guarantee you, me, Bortzi, Jay. Becker, Van Horn, Jimbo Covert, we could get together today. And even the other guys that were in the room with us, we could speak a language amongst ourselves that no one would have any idea what we are talking about but we knew exactly what we are saying, whether it's someone three three bodies away or someone that's standing right next to us. Because even when you break the huddle, you can't approach the line of scrimmage and start talking about the play because defensive linemen are too smart and they pick up on that stuff. We have a whole series of words about how to communicate the snap count that you would have no idea what we are saying. And that was the beauty of it. The longer you could stick with each other, the longer that you could be around with each other, the more of these languages that you can make up um, in, in, in and in where you can understand only each other and no one knows anything what you're talking about.
1: Well, they're going to face some really good defensive fronts this year. There's some really good defenses on the schedule. Uh, you look at what they're going to face with the LA Rams on the road, the Dallas Cowboys coming into Soldier Field, uh, two of the better defensive teams in the NFL, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you throw the LA Chargers in there, there's, there's going to be a lot of lot of really impressive defenses, and as uh, as you look at it from a Bears perspective. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, offensive lines that are going to be sweating it out playing the Bears defense this yes, year. You as
2: well. know, it, just within the own division. I mean, you can't even talk over the Minnesota Vikings because they have so much talent. And when you when they play on the road in Minnesota and they have that crowd support, last year the Bears were able to earn the crowd out of the game. And I think this is what you know the Bears are going to have to do in Green Bay, in Detroit, and in Minnesota within the division.
1: All right, time to take a break here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening, everybody. 312 644 6767. If you want to hop on on this great summer day and a good day in Chicago, nice, uh, nice ball game on the north side today with the Cubs getting in a win. The White Sox uh, have Minnesota coming in for a homestand tomorrow for a nine gamer with the Twins uh, starting things off tomorrow. It's great to be in Chicago in the summer. And this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Green cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, AA, will join us at around 6.30 tonight. Hope to have them for a couple of segments as we break down what's remaining of this Bears offseason and getting ready for the start of training camp in one month. They will be less than a month. They will be reporting and uh, getting back to practice and on the practice field. So it's a a great time to be a Bear. I said that today uh, with Kyle Long. It's just a a convergence of unique momentum based on what has been accomplished here in the last couple of years in uh, procuring some really good, talented players that are, are budding, so to speak, Tom, in terms of their abilities, their star quality, their swag, their charisma. It feels like a fun bunch of guys, as we've learned last year that it was, but a bunch of guys that are ready to take that hunger and turn it into something special. And what this year means, the 100th, all of it coming together, it's it's a real convergence here.
2: But, you know, it all starts up top, Jeff, because, you know, the message that was delivered by Matt Nagy at the start of last season when we didn't know a lot about him, he gave these players the option to be themselves. And guys... They took it and ran with it, but they had to also be professional. And they had to understand what their responsibilities were when they got on the practice field. And we saw Matt interject his personality onto the practice field if he was dissatisfied with the effort that he was getting out of them. So this isn't something that you can come out here and just have fun with it. You got to be professional first you got to perform at a really high playoff to Super Bowl level, and then you got to go out there and figure out where you fit into that locker room and how you can make the atmosphere better. So, you know, it is I – th- I think he puts a lot of responsibility onto the players, but he he delivers the message clearly from day one about what he expects out of them in their preparation to be the best.
1: Well, and he also lets, uh, lets his coaches take center stage as well at times. He doesn't want to have the same voice all the time. So these guys can step up and be heard in various ways. Even I'll challenge players to do the same thing. It's a team that does police itself. I think you have plenty of leaders spread all over the place. There's not just one guy that, uh, right now is the face of the team. Um, even though Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback, that's an assumed responsibility, and he's certainly taking that baton and running with it and and will continue to develop that uh, with teammates. Uh, they know who's in charge there at the quarterback position, but it does take a village at times when you don't have that Hall of Fame superstar that's just lining up every day, uh, as we saw with Brian Urlacher on the Bears' defense and, and Olin Krutz on the Bears' offense, or what you guys had, a bunch of Hall of Famers on your teams. So I bring up a guy like... Uh, you know, we talk about budding stars, and, and Roquan Smith, I think, fits that category. I think there's a high expectation that he will have a big jump from last year when he was Pro Bowl worthy, actually. There, were, there, there was a lot that he uh, did in, in a very short time because he wasn't with the team in the offseason. Uh, Mark DeLeon is his new inside linebackers coach, and he, he Tom feels the same way. He's got high expectations for this individual player, and he can make the biggest jump maybe out of anybody this year.
0: I think he has all the tools, uh, all the skill set, and the personality traits to be elite and one of the premier players of his position in the game. He, ha- he has the skill set, the talent level, and the personality traits to be that player.
1: Where are you at on Roquan?
2: You know, I think he's really fortunate to have grown up with a guy like Vic Fangio and then to move on to a guy like Chuck, Bion- Chuck Pagano and Mark DeLeon. You know, all the players that are going to kind of mold his career. Because the experience of improvement doesn't only happen with one guy, one coach, and one system. I think when you, you hear Mark talk about the traits of Roquan Smith, he's got everything that you need to develop into a, that Pro Bowl type of linebacker. He's got traits that carry over to Danny Trevathan and the outside linebackers he's playing along with along with the guys up front. He's got a great desire to be a great player, which I think is the most important trait that Ryan Pace picked out when he decided to pick Roquan Smith. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with an entire offseason with the Bears. Have, you know, how does Chuck Pagano see his traits to fit into some of the past experiences he's had with great linebackers he's been able to coach. And I, I think when you mentioned it that Coach Nagy allows the coaches to be great coaches, to develop this talent, and it's going to be interesting to see how Roquan is in a system that probably has different subtleties than the one he's already played in. But, it's, again, he's still the same great player that we were introduced to last year.
1: Yeah, and it's that middle of the defense. You know, you want that to be strong up the middle, and the Bears – Certainly have that right now with Eddie Jackson on the back end. You got Akeem and Eddie up front. You, you know, when the front uh, can be um, morphed into a, a, a passing third down front. You got got big guys up front that can really handle the inside position, and then you got the inside linebackers Roquan and and Danny Trevathan. So that's well, you, where you, you want know to be strong. It'll
2: be, it'll be interesting because I think there's probably a lot more teams that are watching defensive tape of Chuck Pagano's past. And then now, how does you you know? insert the past of Chuck Pagano's experience into the more of the modern-day NFL offenses. And that's going to start week one with the Green Bay Packers because if McVay is the mentor of the young coach up in Green Bay, that is a really good offense when we, in, when we studied that offense of the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a lot of ability at the line of scrimmage. But now how do both of these coaches counteract each other with the personnel you're going to see at the line of scrimmage The early season unknown of the two opponents you're going to face, I think it's going to be an awesome display of how teams are going to look at the Bears and how the Bears are going to look at their opponents.
1: That's Tom there. I'm Jeff Joniak. Herb Lawrence and Sean Anderson spinning the dials for us on Bears All Access. Anthony Spice Adams coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Join us for the PNC Chicago Bears 5K, Saturday, July 13th, and finish up on Historic Soldier Field. Register now at ChicagoBears.com slash 5K before prices increase, and maybe our guest will foot the bill for you to run that race because I'm sure his multiple personalities will all be outfitted in running that race at Soldier Field, the Bears 5K. Uh, Anthony Spice Adams, kind enough to join us tonight. The entertainer extraordinaire and uh, outstanding defensive tackle with the Chicago Bears from 2007 through 2011. Double-A, you got your running shoes on July 13th. You in that thing? No,
3: sir. No, sir. I did it, uh, I think it was two years ago, and uh, my shins hurt. (laughs) My back was hurting. My calves were hurting. It's a lot of little hills that you don't see. Until you're actually on it. Double A, what's, like, the, what's
2: the longest you've ever run at one time?
3: Uh, Probably about five miles.
1: Mm, that's impressive yeah. right there. We,
3: we, we had to do that in college. And uh, I used to pride myself in beating little guys. I didn't care how little they were or, you know, if they were 260, 250, whatever. Or maybe some wide receivers. But what I found out was we ran on Saturdays. And what I found out is a lot of the guys went out Friday night, so then <laughs> it didn't it, it didn't make sense. Then did you
2: ever did you ever have a real strenuous um, preconditioning test in the NFL for any of the any of the teams you were around? Strenuous,
3: no, no. Uh, I mean, once you come from college, it's just like you're laughing at everything in the NFL because basically it's it's really just technique, you know, but. We had shuttles, like three shuttles, three-time shuttles uh, where, you know, you run 50 yards, come back, go back down, go back down. I think it's like a total of six times or whatever. Like, that was our conditioning test. How would you handle And then with the Niners, we had this thing called the beep test where you would run Uh, I think it was, like, 50 yards or something like that, and then, like, you had to make beeps, and then it would go down to 40 yards and 30 yards and 20 yards and 10 and 5 or whatever, and you had to cross the line before the beep. And uh, the the guys who used to win all the time were, like, the quarterbacks, of course. They didn't do much.
2: How would you handle this five weeks in between the end of minicamp before the beginning of training camp?
3: I would work out like a monster, and uh, you know, try to eat clean, and um, you know, just come in and just be in tip-top shape. Because there's nothing worse than coming in into camp and letting all your teammates down. I've seen guys who they have held out of practice because they they weren't doing what they were supposed to do in, in the time before coming into camp. And it's first, it's embarrassing, and then you get fined. I didn't know. Uh, coming from the 49ers, it was just like if you made plays, they really didn't care how much you weighed. So when I got here, I think I was maybe five pounds over or eight pounds over or something like that. I, and Coach Smith made a big deal about it. Like he came into our defensive line meeting room and was like, hey, guys, we, we don't play with fat guys. I right? just <laughs> want to let you know. And I'm and A.B., Alex Brown, of course, he's looking around. He's like, oh, who's fat? Somebody <laughs> to speak up now. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. This how y'all doing it? Like, I didn't know. I'm like, Oh, okay. But <laughs> I end up losing the five pounds, the next practice.
1: So. <laughs> and and then he- you get
3: fined. I think it was when we played, it was $500 per pound per day. So oh, if you steep. came in over it, five pounds, if you didn't lose it by the next day, then you have to pay 2,500 again.
1: That's significant, my friend. Significant. Oh, man. Second-round pick in 2003 by the 49ers. We've touched on this before. Uh, The fact that you were a second-round pick out of Penn State, many felt that you should have been a first-round pick, and you made this uh, sport last for a while for yourself. And I think the scouts had a better idea about you maybe than the the general population about your abilities. Are you proud of the fact you were a second-round pick, proud of the fact – you had a pretty long NFL career with two teams
0: yes
3: um i first I didn't I it never was my dream to like play football I, I always wanted to play basketball you know i'm from detroit so we had the bad boys isaiah joe dumars john sally dennis rodman you know so that's all we played in my neighborhood and then i i couldn't play literally cuz i was too big i was like At 12, I was probably like 300 pounds, so there was no way I was playing Little League. But my mom dropped me off, which I'm glad she did, and, you know, I had been playing ever since I was 14. So uh, when I got to college, I I never, like, had a dream that, like, okay, I'm going to play in the NFL. But what happened was my junior year, I started seeing guys that I had good games against get drafted. So then I was like, oh, maybe maybe I got a shot because if they drafted this guy, I know they seen the Penn State game. So I started buckling down and everything, and just like maybe I got a shot. And I'm I'm real competitive, so I I never like want to lose or whatever. So my whole goal when I got to Penn State was to start, and and then I wanted to win the, the national championship. I mean, which didn't happen, but that's that's what drove me. And you know, for me to get they, I was. Uh, projected to go fourth round and for me to go second round then that's when I knew like these people don't know what they're talking about and they they haven't seen me yet but once I get on that field I'm gonna make my presence known and I did that for nine years and uh I was I was fortunate enough to play with the Bears and that locker room man I just put something up on Instagram right now about how fun that locker room is I mean it was it was so it was a breath of fresh air to walk into that locker room and get boxed up. You know what I mean? Like to see people in playing basketball, playing baseball. You know how it is, Kick Jeff, ball. you come in there when the media is supposed to come in there and, you know, you got to duck because somebody's throwing a baseball at you.
1: Oh, yeah, kickball. Oh, all, man, all we
3: had a blast.
1: Well, you know, I was just talking to somebody about it today. Uh, and that 06 team and that uh, 2010 team, um, there were there are a bunch of really impressive players that you played with that, that carried over from o six um, that don't really get a lot of attention just at, almost at every position on defense, including some of the backups, are really good football players. That was a really yeah. good football team
3: yeah they um they did a great job in you know getting a lot of high character guys that could, that could ball. you know I think about um Ian Badejo. Playing special teams, and we had people who wanted to play special teams. You know, who, who wanted to be out there blocking for for Hester. And you know, sometimes you look at it as, as punishment, like, "Oh man, I got to go on special teams. I'm on punt return, punt and kickoff, blah blah blah." But I mean, you had people who were fighting to get on special teams. And then I I, had, I just talked to Chris Harris not too long ago. He, he's doing pretty well out there with the Chargers, and uh, we had a long conversation just about. The the things we used to do in the locker room and all the ping pong tournaments we had and people playing Madden and all type of stuff we used to do, man, it was, I had a blast.
2: Hey, how come when you guys <clears throat> always talk about the Bears and the good teams the Bears had, it only talks about the defense? I mean, if it's 85, that's <laughs> all you talk about. If it's your team, all you talk about is the defense. How about bragging about the offensive line and some of the influence that they had in that locker room? Because I know there's a couple guys that were pretty serious about the way they conduct themselves. That meant a lot to the interior when the, <clears throat> when the locker room door is closed. But, no, the conversation always gravitates to this defensive player this defensive player is, you know bring up bring up some offensive players there double a <laughs>
3: <laughs> well you know I, I always had a blast with the offensive line and, and for me to to play with a guy like olin crux who you know he would come up to me and ask me different things before practice and everything i'm like what this dude is an all-time great and he's talking to to me because he's going up against dwayne robertson or something who's had the same like body type or whatever so he's like you know what do you attack when you, you you know when you're in a uh, tilted position or you know if you're shooting a gap, what's the first thing you go for? Or whatever. Like we're we're having this conversation before practice and then after practice, he's like, you know, can you stay after, after practice do some couple reps with me? I'm like, what?
4: This
3: <laughs> what you guy know, it's <laughs> a perennial All Pro Pro Bowler, and I'm just like, okay, it's something different about this squad, man. And then in camp oh, we had a great time at camp, man. Fred Miller would be on the grill, and <laughs> if you were uh, a veteran, they let you stay on the first floor at camp or whatever, and so the offensive line, they had all the rooms on, on the first floor, and they were going to get Burger King and everything, and so in the middle of the night, they used to <laughs> always ask, hey, Double A, do you want something? i say, nah, man, I'm good, and then Come about 1 a.m., 2 a.m., they would hear, like, some fiddling falling like, going on with the bags and everything. And Roberto Garza would come out, and he'd say, oh, the raccoon strikes again. It would be me, like, <laughs> going in trying to get some whoppers and stuff. So they nicknamed me the raccoon.
2: But, you know, oh, when, you, when you talk about Olin asking you those types of questions, as a broadcaster, when I see you and I see you come to the Bears— I think of Jerry Ball, who is a hell of a defensive right. lineman for the Detroit Lions, and I played against him a bunch. And so... Uh, when I think about a player and I'm watching his style of play, now who does this guy remind me of that I played against That the way I would think about how you played? And so, you know, and I I don't know if you ever knew who Jerry Ball was, but he was a heck of a player. And, you know, he had the skills to play up and down the line of scrimmage. He wasn't only a nose guard. He stayed in on nickel. He moved over to the guard. He was a good pass rusher. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you think of Olin using your – the intelligence you have in your body style to help him prepare for a player it's the same way in broadcasting when i see you come aboard what what do you make me think of and i think of jerry ball
3: you know jerry ball was very underrated um you know just a big dude who was athletic he could dunk a basketball and so to get compared to jerry ball man that's that's huge for me man a lot of people don't know about that but you know, I studied all of those guys. Cole Pepper from um, Tampa Bay, and even um, the Gravedigger. You know, I mean, we didn't have the same body type. He was, of course, like way bigger. But you know, just to see how he was manning those gaps, and even you know later in his career, you know, he he, he did well.
1: Right, but, the one, um, the one and only Gilbert Brown. The grave Yes, digger. sir. <laughs> from Detroit. He's a Burger King guy. <laughs> <laughs> Double A, we haven't even scratched the surface on your very How interesting life. How much time life. we get? We got to go to break. We got to go to break, Double A. But uh. When we come back, we're going to talk about your post-career life because that could take yes. a whole hour but and maybe two. <laughs> but we don't have that kind of time. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The score. Back with you on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good to be with you. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and our special guest, Anthony Spice Adams. You can watch him on Inside the Bears with Lauren Screedon each and every week, even throughout the offseason and the uh, offseason that is uh, winding down, getting ready for the regular season. How much have you enjoyed doing that show? And did you ever envision yourself doing a show like that for, for the Bears or any team?
3: Never. And um, the fact that you don't watch it, <laughs> makes me want to go harder you know I gotta get you to watch it like that's that's my goal like whenever mm-hmm. I'm thinking of things I'm going to say I'm like you know I wonder what Joniak would think about what I'm going to say right now
1: but listen just, to me you
3: know just so I can try to make you watch it
1: listen to me and Tom you know you know me I I just like to r- ruffle your feathers a little bit so don't oh think for a gosh. minute that I'm I'm telling don't, you the don't truth. do truth because I know, I'll tell you I know, one know thing. This
3: though. I tell do you this. one
1: thing. I would just have eyes in the back of your head. You know, I know you probably have <laughs> pretty good peripheral vision as a basketball player and as a defensive stud in the National Football League, the great athlete that you are. But you know, whether it's Kareem Biggins, whether whether it's Coach Dun whether it's uh, uh, the Iron Man, whatever it is, you got me good, and I'm not forgetting. About hey, the height thing. Can, can, I, can oh, I do on. this really fast? No, hold on. I know, on. Hold I know on. y'all no.
3: going to ask me questions, but oh. I just want to commend you and Sayer for the job y'all did at the 100th. And not only that, just. From all the years of of being on TV and radio, you guys are probably one of the greatest one-two punches the NFL has seen. I want to give y'all y'all props.
2: I'm going to hang up and let you guys talk.
1: Right. You know why? Because it makes Tom break out into a complete full-body sweat when he hears any compliments. So we'll take it. Thank you so much. (laughs) We know it comes from the heart. I know you mean that. So we appreciate it. But you got me good when you're talking about Screedon's wedding, you're talking about I should be on the top of her wedding cake. Oh, did I'm I say sh- that? Oh, yeah, you said it. So don't tell me I don't watch the show, and I'm going to get you back. Somehow, way.
3: Yeah, yeah, you you watched the snippet. Somebody sent that to you. Somebody <laughs> set me up.
1: I mean, you hey, got me good.
3: I, I said that. That was like two seconds, and I said it so that it would get back to you so that you could watch it.
1: Yeah, whatever. You know, you, you got the wit that I don't have. You got me good.
2: Hey, Anthony, do you have do two autographs now? Are you uh, Anthony Adams in one, and Spice in the other, or how? Like the people that follow you, what do they ask for when you sign something?
3: Oh, it's it, it's crazy now. And uh, my mom wrote a book based off of my character Cream Bigum, so I'm signing books as Cream Biggums. You're kidding so, me! It's crazy. I, I was at a, I was at a track meet because uh, my kids run track, along with Johnny Knox's kids and Rasheed Davis. Like, all of our kids are doing really well in track. And uh, this lady comes up to me who, you know, she was a parent to, to one of the kids out there, and she's like, you look familiar. And so I didn't want to set myself up and be like, oh, okay, you know me for a defensive tackle or the Bears. And so I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where you might know me from. And she said she knows me from YouTube. She says, you do all the grilling videos, and you do songs, and you dance, and you do the laugh and everything. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe she knows me from Inside the Bears, or maybe she knows me from the Great American Bacon Show, or whatever. And she says she knows me from YouTube. So, you know, there's there's a lot of layers when it comes to Spice Adams. And, of course, you guys know already, but, you know,
2: I'm a big deal.
1: Yeah, you are a big deal. Don't let anybody forget it. When you
2: were working the orange carpet at the 100-year celebration is oh, you no know, as soon as Maggie and Ryan Pace, you went right down and you did a kind of a interview to work up. Right. Right.
3: We give you 30 plays, not in a row, but I can give you 30. <laughs>
2: well you know the whole list of characters that you got to meet that night you know it it had to be kind of a cool thing for you too is you know because you know i don't care if dick buckus walked up to you when he was as a player or today you know the guy is still intimidating he's neat guy to meet but all the 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 entire history of all the players you had a chance to meet
3: Mm. um it's always good to see RoboCop. always good to see richard dent and um I remember when Tony Medlin, <laughs> Mr. Medlin, gave me number 95. Because at first I was supposed to be 73. I still have the uh, the, the tag with my name on it. doesn't fit you. And he gave me 95, and I was like, oh, no, I, <laughs> I can't wear this. Like, this is the Sackmasters. Like, I don't even feel comfortable wearing this. And so – you know, I, I don't, I don't like how I look with in the '70s or anything like that. I, you know, a number doesn't define me or whatever. But you know, he said, "No, no, you, you got to wear this or whatever." So I, I saw Richard Dent at a game, and I said, "I hope I'm doing you proud." And he said, "Hey, man, you represent AA. Keep doing your thing." And so for him to give me that vote of confidence for wearing his number, like I was forever grateful. So to see him anytime, whether it's orange carpet or anywhere. You know, it's always good to see I, I some people I talked to uh, Nathan Vasher the other day, and he said he saw him at Bear's Fit, like on the
1: ab machine.
3: I'm like, what? Richard Dale was in there doing abs? Oh, that's hey. crazy. I got to get up in there now, man.
1: Yeah, you starting but, to drop a few. You find those abs yet?
3: They in there somewhere. They shy. They're
1: shy. And they're shy. They, they, they,
3: they, uh, what you call them? They uh, introverts.
1: Anthony, Anthony Spice Adams, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, were with you to the top of the hour. So out of all your alter egos and all your different variations of um, w- your personalities here, which of them was the original and how many of these particular individuals did you come up with during your playing career and just we're holding them back a little bit to one day you're going to do something with them.
3: <laughs> well, I was very notorious for making up characters in college. And, um, you know, all, all my old teammates call me like, Oh man, you got to bring this guy back out, this guy back out, or whatever. So, um, and they, they, they're just basically what I observed growing up in Detroit. My uncles are friends of the family who, you know, we'll come over to the house and you know have a good time and um, come around during the holidays and it's, it's basically everything I observe. But the, the favorite character I like doing is Cream Bigham's because he's he will not make a shot, but he just does not lack confidence. <laughs> you know, if he goes one for 485 shooting the ball, he's talking about that one he made, and you know he always sees a silver lining in everything.
1: So, so, did you know people like that?
3: If somebody right now at the park who's just like Cream Biggums, I promise you. He has on <laughs> goggles, he has on a tight outfit with socks all the way up and some Chuck Taylors. I guarantee you there's a Cream Biggums in every state in America.
2: Hey, Spice. All over
3: the world, actually.
2: So when you when you see a movie like coming to America <clears throat> or I know there was one that just came out where the guy played all the characters in the movie could you ever see yourself doing something like that? Because that would be, I think, a guy that has just an abundance of humor. Um, and coming to America with Eddie Murphy and um, his part, it's one of the best movies ever out there. Yeah. But these guys play you know, five or six characters in the course of the movie.
3: Yeah, so, like, you know, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, Richard Pryor, you know, I, I watched all those guys growing up idolizing those guys. Recently. They're they are the funniest. You know, I, I i would love to do something like that. Those are the, the guys who, like, influenced a lot of the videos that I make on social media. So uh, if the opportunity presented itself to do a, a movie or a series or something like that, then, they, oh, yeah, I'm hopping on it for sure. I, I would that. love to do that. I would love to play Jeff Joniak.
1: Oh, please. I, w- I would
3: love to call a game and say,
1: Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. I would love to say <laughs> That's that. That's about the extent of what you'd be doing for me, I guess. You know, <laughs> Dan Pompey captured you, the essence of you in his uh, article in The uh, Athletic on May 12th. Um, what kind of reaction did you get from that article for those that didn't know your entire history and your journey?
3: I thought it was cool um, that we got a chance to talk about me kind of um, starting another career because when I was done, you know, I still had one year left on my contract and I still wanted to play and, you know, once you reach 30 in the NFL, you know, you're, you're considered old. So I knew that it would be selfish of me to keep trying to chase this dream, knowing that I have to uproot my family and we have to go to you know, Seattle for three weeks, and then I would get released and then have to go to Charlotte or something and then have to go to the Texans or whatever. And to, you know, just just be selfish like that and to keep tr- chasing these dreams and everything like that, I just decided to give it up and not knowing what I was going to do next. And, you know, through all the relationships that I made, the Bears to come to me and, and say, hey, can you co-host this show called Inside the Bears? I don't think people know that story. And so for me to do that for the athletic and Dan Pompey, who didn't have me as one of the hundred bears of all time, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool and I thought it was great to, to share that story with him.
1: Well, there's still time to crack somebody's 100. You got a long career left in you. And before we let you go, and we appreciate you taking all this time tonight, I know you, I never saw it. I never heard it. I don't know if you're able to do it. But apparently you used to do uh, a Wale agunlier imitation. Do you have it in you to, to round out the show tonight? You got about thirty seconds. Give us a little wale.
3: Okay, so I had to set something up for you. So You gotta make it quick. Okay. So Wale, he was just he would complain about things. So let's just say you show up at practice and they say, Okay, we got a conditioning test. This is Wale's reaction. Oh my God! Double, double A. Why? Why are we having a conditioning test? I'm too old for this. That's Wallet.
1: <laughs> nice and neat and simple to round out the show. Why, Joliet? Why? Why do I have to get off the show? Because it's time. It's time to hand the ball off to the fellas Joliet, at the score. Why? Top of the hour. Anthony Double A Spice Adams, uh, a television host, an actor, a comedian. More importantly, a Chicago Bear defensive tackle. Thanks, Double A. Thanks,
2: Double A. No problem. That's Anthony
1: Adams for top there. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Herb Lawrence, Sean Anderson, and Shane Reardon and the guys. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody.